Listen, I rebuke that statement. Star Wars is going to be great, and I am so pumped for Star Wars. I am totally a Star Wars geeky, and uh, I was watching Star Wars last night as I was going to sleep. Darth Vader and Luke fighting. Come on now. That's good stuff right there. That's just good, wholesome entertainment right there, all right? 2017. You got a little card next to you. Why don't you grab your card on your seat? Hopefully there's a pen or you have a pen next to you. You're going to need to grab that card. You're going to be using it today, okay? On the front says 2017. On the back has a little bit of notes. We want you to take some notes today, but also want you to have an opportunity uh, to write down uh, some things that we're going to believe for in 2017. And, and uh, I just really uh, thoroughly believe that God has just huge plans for your life. God has huge plans for Elevate Church in 2017, and God is just daily, daily, daily impressing on my heart that he is the God of the impossible. And so I'm just saying it, man, 2017 is a year of impossible things, situations. Uh, I believe that relationships are going to be restored. I believe that people are going to find New passions. I believe uh, increases, bonuses, raises. Listen, come on. I'm believing for you this year in Jesus' name, okay? But how many of you go, yeah, I feel like that video sometimes about the new year? Some of us would think, um, you know, what's the point? It's just another year, right? It's just another 20-whatever, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I can't even, when I was a kid, thinking about 2017, I thought, like, we were going to, like, have hoverboards by now. But I mean, like, real hoverboards. Like, you know what I mean? Like, back to the future hoverboards. And I'm, like, greatly disappointed that we don't right now, okay? But, you know, I thought of the future as so futuristic. And, and it's amazing as you get older and, you know, you're going through life. And, you know, the year kind of does feel like that. It's like, all right, well, we finished another year. We're going into a new year. You know, maybe you think that it's the end. The end of the world is coming. Or, you know, maybe you think, dang it, it's January again. It's going to be cold, and it's going to be snowy, and it's going to be icy, and I need to move to Hawaii this year. You know what I mean? So a lot of us can have a lot of different feelings and emotions as we go into a new year. So today, we're going to talk about how we think and how we perceive 2017. Now, this is what I want you to do with your card right now, okay? I want you to write down something that it would have to be God's hand power to move in your life to resolve a situation, heal a a relationship, um, maybe get a new job, something that you are believing for 2017 that God does the impossible. I want you to think about that, and I want you to write it down real quick at the top, okay? One thing that 2017 you want to see God of the impossible do supernaturally in your life. Okay, I'm going to write it on the top, and then we have a few uh, points we'll talk about today to see those things come to pass. Today's been fun. Man, I love when God shows up. So good. So good, so good. All right. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. We're going to throw it up on the screen. It says this, keep your heart. With all diligence, okay? I don't think this is a word we typically throw around a whole lot anymore. All diligence, okay? Being diligent about something, meaning that 
um, I am intentive, I'm thinking about this situation, okay? Um, my heart and my thoughts and my passions and my desires are thinking about this. So the Bible says, when it comes to your heart, keep it with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And I love that, you know, I think of a pogo stick. How many of you remember pogo sticks back in the day in the springs? I think about spring and it's bouncing. I'm thinking about as we keep our heart and what we allow to flow into our heart determines what's going to spring, what's going to bounce out of our heart, what's going to come out of our heart. All the issues of life come from one central location, and that being your heart, okay? All right, and the way that we steward this one place, okay, and the reality is this, it's the way that you steward it, okay? <clears throat> I'm not in charge of your life. I'm not with you on a daily basis. I'm not there to help you go, ah, don't, you know, don't say that back to your, you know, coworker, or, you know, I'm not there in the car with you. Uh, thank God I'm not there in the shower with you in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? Like, your life is your life, and you got to steward your life. And the way that you steward your heart determines the outcome of your life. Your heart is what gives you victory. Your heart is what sees the future and goes, God has better for us. God has more for us. God wants me to live in victory. My heart is what does that. And out of it flows, okay? My job is to trust God, okay, and trust God. His goodness, and that just, there's something really special about understanding the goodness of God, a revelation. That's why we're starting the year out with this series about the goodness of God. If I don't have a clear revelation in my heart about the goodness of God, then it warps how I look at life. It warps how I look at relationships. It warps how I look at my future, the future of my kids. It warps my perspective of life. So I got to trust God, but then I got to focus on him, trust him, and then give him my problems and situations, the things that I don't understand. That's my job. My job is just to trust God and then let go of situations and problems that I don't understand why I'm going through it. Why it maybe hasn't worked out exactly the way I thought, I release those things to God, and then I focus my mind on what is true. What is truth? The Word of God. Simply, the Word of God is truth. It's truth. It's truth. For years, I've had, you know, conversations with people that go, do you really believe this cover to cover? Do you really put all of your eggs in this one basket? And I'll go, yeah, I do. And they'll think I'm totally ignorant. But I believe this book to be 100% truth. And if I can get this book into my heart and I can get it into my mind, I will see life as God sees life. I'll see life as the kingdom of God sees life. I will see my future as God sees it, okay? I will see this church as God sees this church, okay? I will see our future as he leads us because I'm connected to his truth. I'm connected to the promise of the word, okay? All right, what I put before my mind, okay, what I put before my mind and it flows into my heart, everything flows, imaginations, will, desire, emotions, affections, memory, everything flows out of this place called the heart, okay? Now, 
a couple weeks ago, um, me and Michael were driving to uh, basketball practice, and um, I was really quiet in the car. Um, Michael, I know he loves these moments where it's just me and him in the car. He asks a lot of questions, and we get to talk, and it's just really great time. I, I love those moments with him in the car. And he's asking lots of questions, and I'm, I'm just really short with him and all of my answers. And we get to practice, and I'm no fun, and, you know, I'm yelling at, you know, fourth and fifth grade kids about missing their layups and they're looking at me like they're about to just tear up and break down you know and I'm like hit the box the ball will go in what's wrong with you you know and and I'm just I'm not making practice fun and and it's just not a real enjoyable night <clears throat> and we're driving home and Michael says this he goes he's a really aware kid I, I know he's got a discerning spirit on him, just like us. And he said, Dad, what's wrong? What's wrong, Dad? And I said, nothing, son. I said, it's just been, it's been a long day. But what was the truth? The truth was the enemy had been bashing my mind in from the moment that I got up that morning about a financial thing with the church. And all day long... I had allowed that voice to get stronger and stronger and stronger in my heart and my mind. And all of a sudden, my heart couldn't see victory anymore. You see what I'm saying? My heart couldn't see the victory because I allowed this voice to take hold of my thoughts in my mind all day. So when I got to that night and I got to practice, all of a sudden, what's bouncing out? What does the word say? What is springing out of my heart at that moment? Well, what's springing out of my heart is a bunch of junk, okay? And we all experience this, right? We all know this feeling. We all have these moments. Well, what was the issue? I just needed to renew my mind to truth, you know? When I got home that night, I put the boys to bed, and, and I went downstairs, and guess what I did? I just, I grabbed my Bible, what, and I just grabbed the truth. I just need to refocus and behold Jesus. Behold his glory. Behold the word of God. Behold the truth of the word so that my heart can see victory. Because if my heart can see victory, I will have faith to say, you know what? My God is the God of the impossible in Jesus' name. Amen? Right? Okay? So incredibly important. All right? Um, there's a thing in the internet, okay? Um, and I don't know if you know this. You may know this. You may not know this. But it's called automatic reasoning, okay? So every time that you're on the internet, okay, and you search something on the internet, okay? Jim, what's something that you like, okay? Something you just... Off the cuff, something you really like in life. Fantasy football, okay? So Jim looks up fantasy football, okay? Uh, now, the Internet is designed this way to remember everything that Jim searches on his computer, okay? So all of a sudden, the Internet realizes, man, Jim likes fantasy football. So automatic reasoning says, you know what? We are going to find anything that we can find out there on the internet as it relates to fantasy football. And then every one of Jim's side, you know, ads and all the stuff that pops up on Jim's computer, what is it about? Fantasy football. Okay. 
because it knows that Jim likes fantasy football, and so we are going to give Jim more of what? Fantasy football, right? Okay? All right? Why are all the ads on my uh, internet browser about shoes? Because I like shoes, and the internet knows. Jeff Workmeister likes shoes, okay? He's a big fan of shoes. So guess what? We're going to automatically give him more information about shoes, okay? Now, your brain works the exact same way, okay? What you think about and what you process through today and what you focus your attention on on a daily basis, your mind at night holds on to that, okay? How many of you know there's a lot of things that happen through the course of a day, okay? And aren't you glad that you forget probably 80% of those things that happen over the course of a day, okay? <coughs> well, your brain is designed that way. When you go to bed at night and you go to sleep at night, your brain goes through and starts flushing out all of the randomness that you've gone through in the course of a day, okay? But, but then it takes what you focus on and says, okay, we're going to hold on to this, and then tomorrow morning, I'm going to make sure that you get more of this. Does that make sense? So that's why sometimes if you're really focused on a problem or you're really focused on a project at work or you're really focused on something, you can wake up and it's like the second that you wake up, it's like messages in your mind. Hey, you got this project. You got to get this done. You got to Why? Because your brain is giving you more of what you think about, just like automatic reasoning. Okay? When our brains are tuned in to the truth and the word of God and God's promises, and we are focused on that truth, then all of a sudden my heart lines up with that, and my heart goes, yes, we can have victory. Yes, we can see a great 2017 in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say, great 2017, okay? Great 2017, great 2017, all right? All right, now I want you, if you got a Bible, open up your Bibles, okay? Go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 22, okay? Hit in my Bible class, asked me the other day where Genesis was. And I said, well, we'll pray for you after class today. It's okay. It's okay, you're a sixth grader. It's all right. And we're going to look at a story that <clears throat> the Lord has just, um, oh, Man, he's been showing me so much through it. Ever since you spoke over me, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord keeps waking me up in the night now. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Okay. Woke me up the other night. He said, you need to read this story. Read it more and more. Okay. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to read this story about Abraham and his son Isaac and how God asked uh, Abraham to do something extraordinary. Now, growing up, when I read this story, I always thought, this is a really bizarre story, okay? God asked Abraham to take his only son and sacrifice him, okay? When you're a kid in Sunday school and you're like 9 or 10 years old, number one, the word sacrifice is really scary, okay? I mean, it's like a really scary word, you know what I mean? I'm like thinking about blood, you know, I'm a really imaginative person, okay, so my little nine, ten-year-old mind is like, there's blood everywhere, and knives, and fire, and this is a scary thing, and I'm like, this is what God is, you know, and then, and then the other end, as I got older, I'll be honest with you, I just felt like I just didn't understand it, I just felt like, God, what is the point 
of this story. And so we're going to dive into it to help you see the goodness of God to reprogram your mind to see victory in 2017. Amen? Okay? All right. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. It says this. I'm going to read for a little bit, so just follow along. We'll have it on the screen uh, for you, okay? It says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Morah. Go and sacrifice him on a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Verse 3. <clears throat> the next morning, Abraham got up early, and he saddled his donkey and took his two servants with him, along with his son Isaac. He chopped the wood for the fire for the burnt offering and set it out on the place God had told him about. On the third day of the journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. I just want to pause there just for a second. The Lord showed me that this week. He said, listen, some of you need to look up. You need to look up off of your current situation. You need to look up and see where we're going. Your head is down. Your head is in the muck, in the mire, and your vision is clouded right now. And you need to look up with the eyes of the Lord, and you need to look out, and you need to see where God is taking you right now because God is taking you somewhere. Ben, God is taking you somewhere right now, okay? All week the Lord's been saying, Ben, I'm taking Ben somewhere right now, okay? He's taking you somewhere. Look up. Look up and see where God is taking you, okay? Uh, verse 5, stay here with the donkey, Abraham told him and his servants. The boy and I will travel up a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Verse 6, so Abraham placed the wood of the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them were walking together, Isaac got smart and asked Abraham, his father, he said, Father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have fire. We have wood. Where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Verse 8. Abraham replies, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering. Abraham answered. And they both walked together. When they arrived to the place where God had told them, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied up his son Isaac and he laid him across the altar of the wood. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, an angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for the Lord knows that you, are, that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, only your only son. Verse 13, Abraham looked up and saw the ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it on the burnt burnt offering in place of a son, okay? Four truths that we need to understand about the story. Truth number one is this. I want you to write it down, okay? Truth number one is this. God never truly asked Abraham to kill his son. He was trying to reveal himself to Abraham, okay? God never was truly asking Abraham to kill his son, okay? He was trying to reveal something to Abraham, something deep, okay? Sometimes God is going to want to reveal something to you that's deep, but it's to take you to a place of victory. It's to take you, it's to take you 
It's to take you to a place of victory, okay? And it might sound crazy. I can't imagine that this didn't sound crazy to Abraham, but there was a trust in Abraham, okay? Why the test, okay? Wrote this down. Why? Because fire forges metal, okay? There's something about fire that strengthens metal and makes it strong. I know that the last 18, 19 months of my life, and I have felt like daily that I am in the midst of a fire, it is only forging what God has desired for me and my family and for a city. It's not just for me. It's for a city, a city that is lost, a city that needs good news, people that are dying in religion, People that are caught in the trap of religion, and they need truth, and they need a beacon of hope. And so we've been in the fire, but the fire forges something strong. When you come out of the fire, there's a strength about you. There's a knowing that you know in your heart of hearts who your God is. And nothing can separate you from that. And when you come out of the fire, you are strong and you have hope. But when the fire of life's come, what's going to come out of you? What's going to come out of you? When the fire turned up, you know what came out of Abraham? Character came out of Abraham. Character that said, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God, I trust you 100%. I trust you 100%. And I know that life with God is a journey. And let me be very clear. We respect and we honor the journey that you are on. And we are here to walk with you on the journey. But there are moments that you have to draw a line in the sand and say, what do I believe? What do I believe for my home? What do I believe for my kids? What do I believe? What are we going to stand for? What are we going to fight for? In our home, we say we fight for the word of God. We say, you know what? We're going to major on what is major. What is major? Knowing God, having a solid relationship with God, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray every night over my voice, Father, fill my boys with the Holy Spirit. Fill them with wisdom. Fill them with discernment that they know your voice so clearly, Lord, that we major on what is major in our house and we minor on what is minor. I don't care if Michael had purple hair. Who cares about that? If he loves God with all of his heart and he's passionate about his relationship with them and he is filled with the Holy Spirit, that is what matters in our house. Amen? Abraham says, I am trusting my God 100%. Truth number two is this, okay? I'm sorry, I'm fired up today, okay? I am all fired up inside of me, and I, I love it, okay? Two, number two, truth number two. Abraham was where God wanted him to be, okay? There's this verse, verse 11. It says this, at the moment <coughs> the angel of the Lord crawled, called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Well, where is here I am? Where is that? It's where God intended for Abraham to be, on the mountain. There's something really important about being able to follow the Holy Spirit and being where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be, and when you're supposed to be. 
There's something about being able to hear the voice and go, God, I'm here where you desired for me to be. I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand why I'm on the mountain. I don't understand why I have my son. I don't understand why I got to tie him up. I don't understand why I got to sacrifice him. But I am here where you want me to be. I'm right here where you've called me to be. He knows if he's obedient to what God has called and purposed for his life, that God is faithful. God is faithful. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I got a lot of favorite verses, so just bear with me over the years. Okay, okay. verse 6, it says, and I am certain that God, not certain in me, I'm certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. So the moment that you were born, God said, I began a good work. I began a good work. The moment that Corey was born, God said, I began a good work, and now I am faithful to finish that work. If Corey will just trust me, if Corey will just give me his heart, if Corey will trust me 100%, I will fulfill the good work that I have called Corey to fulfill in his life. Abraham saying, I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about this. Years ago, I remember years ago, me and Jess were, we were just newly married, and we were having conversations about our future, and, and one of the, I guess it's maybe you would call it a core value of me and Jess, of our home, one of the things that we said was, we are going to do what God asked us to do when he asked us to do it. So if God asked us to move or to go, we will go and we will do what he wants when he wants because we trust that he is faithful. We trust in him, not in us. We don't trust in our plans. We trust in his plans. And we know that our God is truly, truly faithful. Truth number three is this, okay? What is Abraham's response to his son? In verse eight, God will provide. You should be jumping out of your seats right now. You should be running across this place, throwing chairs in the air, okay? Listen, this is the truth. This is God's promise to you right now. He makes a profound statement in verse 8. He says, listen, son, I don't know how God will provide, but let me make it abundantly clear. God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. Okay? I'm not going to carry something that I'm not intended to carry. Abraham's going, son, this isn't my job to provide. It's God's job to provide. It's my job to stay close to him. That's it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, we talked about this verse last week. It says this, verse 6, so humble yourself under the mighty power of God. Humble, what does humble mean? Humble yourself to his plans. Humble yourself to his plans. Humble yourself to his plans. And at the right time, God will lift you up. Verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. He cares about you. He cares about your day. He cares about the things that you think nobody else cares about. Or I'm alone in this. He's going, no, I know. I care about that. I'm in the middle of that. 
Verse 8, stay alert, watch out for your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What was the enemy trying to do to me that day? He was trying to devour me. He was trying to devour my thoughts. He was trying to devour the future. Listen, the enemy's not excited about Elevate Church, okay? And we're going to talk about this next week. We're going to have a vision Sunday about 2017 and 2018 because God's been speaking to me about the next 24 months about Elevate Church. And I'm telling you, it's going to be wild and it's going to be exciting. And you're a part of that and you're a part of the plan and you're here for a reason. Jim, you're here for a reason, brother. You're here for a reason, brother, okay? You're here for a reason. Next 24 months is going to be wild, people. I'm telling you wild, wild, okay, all right, God's going to do some crazy things, but he's looking for those who he can devour and take out of this place, because he doesn't want you to be a part of it, because he knows that this is a church that's going to stand on the word of God, it's going to stand for things like healing, it's going to stand for the presence of God, we're going to stand for the Holy Spirit, we're going to stand in these last days and go, we're going to preach truth, and we're going to have fun doing it in Jesus' name, amen? Abraham stayed humble, humbled himself to God when he provides. You know, I'll tell you this, one of the things that troubles my heart more than anything is when people tell me, man, we are just struggling financially. We're just struggling with finances. It just, man, it just tears my heart up as a pastor. But I can tell you this, that 99% of the time, the Holy Spirit will prompt my heart and ask this question. Are you tithing? Are you tithing? Are you tithing? And the question comes up, are you tithing? Why? Because God's going, listen, you are carrying burdens I never intended for you to carry. You carry all the weight of the finances of your hope, your life, your future, when you're supposed to allow me to carry it. Allow me to provide for it. See, we can do things God's way, or we can do things our way. But I, man, I, I, could, I could prove it 100%, 100 times. Those who are serving in the kingdom of God, those who are trusting God with their finances, those who are honoring God first and foremost, they live blessed lives in Jesus' name. They live blessed lives in Jesus' name. They are fruitful. They are living in the best, best. The Bible says the obedient will eat the good of the land. In Isaiah it says this. God will provide. God will provide. Truth number four is this. <clears throat> it was not a miracle. The Lord woke me up the other night, and he said, Jeff, he said, how do you see the story? I'm like, it's miraculous. They go up to the mountain. He's got the fire and the wood. He ties up his son. He's about to kill him. I said, it was miraculous. And all of a sudden, there was a, you know, there was a sacrificial uh, ram there. You know, like, God, that was awesome. It was a miracle. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning, just asleep next to me, and I'm talking to God in my bed. And I'm like, it was a miracle. And he said, Jeff, it wasn't a miracle. And I said, what do you mean it wasn't a miracle? He said, listen, the ram was there from the moment I asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. The provision was already there, son. Anything that I commissioned, I've already provided for it. Anything. Anything. If I've commissioned you to do it, I'll provide it. 
That's why the word says he'll give seed to the sower. He knows what the sower is going to do, so he's going to provide it. He knows ahead of time. Whatever God commissions you to do, he knows how to provide. He knows how to take you through. I didn't know how God was going to take us through the last 19 months. I had no clue. The only thing that I knew to know, to know, to know in my heart was that God had commissioned me to do this, that God had commissioned this church, that God was doing a work, and that he would be the one to provide in Jesus' name. Because he is faithful. He, my God, is faithful. So then when you look at 2017, worship team, you guys can come on up. When you look at 2017, how do you look at it? Do you look at it as what, what can I make happen? Or do you look at it and go, I serve the God of the impossible. What can he make happen? What can he make happen? What can he make happen? Listen, it takes no faith, none whatsoever to believe for what just happened last year. It takes no faith to believe to just get by. I am so tired of a just get by mentality. That is not my God. That is not who I serve. God is not the God of just get by. God is the God of beyond. God is the God of increase. God is the God of increase. God is the God of the impossible. And he's going, I want to wake you up to realize the truth of my word so that you can believe and you can receive in 2017 what I've entitled for you to have in 2017. And I know I'm fired up today. And you're like, why are you yelling at me? I'm not yelling at you. I'm just excited. Because I'm so excited because this is the truth. This is all God needs, okay? He just needs your faith. He just needs your faith. Just needs your faith. Just needs your faith. You know, the first thing I do when I go to a hospital is I'll look at the person that's in the hospital and I'll say, what are you believing for? So many times I'll get to a hospital and people will meet me in the hallway and they'll go, hey, I need you to pray for this person that they're going to get out of this bed and they're going to walk and they're going to be perfectly healed. And I'll go, yeah, that'd be awesome. But I want to find out what they're believing for. There's something powerful about faith. There's something super naturally powerful about faith. So when I come into agreement with somebody with faith, it's real easy to see God move. It's not hard. It's called the prayer of agreement. Pray together in agreement, and the word says this, it shall be done for you. Not might, not later. No, it says it shall be done for you. Prayer of agreement. So when I got faith, when we're working together in faith, it's real easy to get those things accomplished. It's tough to get people healed when they don't have faith that God's going to heal them. It's real easy to get people healed when they have faith for it. So what's God looking for in 2017? 